welcome to the Learn As We Grow podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Ray. I'm a full-time corporate leader, online business owner, and devoted wife and mama. This podcast is for the ambitious woman seeking to grow in all aspects of her life, personally and professionally, but doesn't quite know where to start or where to grow next. Together, we're going to deep dive into everyday stories on how to navigate careers, family life, and the messy middle. Because wearing all the hats can feel like a struggle at times. And I'm here to remind you that you are not alone in that struggle. We are in this together, girlfriend, and together we will learn as we grow. Hey girl, so excited to have you here today. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about how to navigate toxic relationships and most importantly, how to protect your peace throughout that experience. I think this topic is rarely ever talked about, at least in a constructive way. I see a lot of people who experience toxic relationships either struggle in silence or they lash out online and just pour their dirty laundry on the social media. Back in the day, you'd probably change your MySpace song like 10,000 times to like really cultivate and communicate what you're experiencing. And that doesn't serve anybody, to be honest. It might feel therapeutic in the moment, but looking back, it just looks really embarrassing. So wanted to share with you some of my personal experiences and how I have even grown and matured through all of my experiences with navigating toxic relationships. So let's dive in. All right. So for context, I first want to define what is a toxic relationship. And to be fully transparent, I almost went back and forth on labeling this episode on toxic relationships. I thought, man, toxic's a really harsh word. I was looking into what actually makes a relationship toxic. And I thought, you know what, let's just label it difficult relationships or challenging relationships. But as I was going on the rabbit hole of defining what makes a relationship toxic, so many things paralleled. So I want to, one, make it very clear that just because you might be in a difficult situation doesn't necessarily mean that it's toxic. And if you are in a toxic relationship or you feel like you are experiencing one, it doesn't mean that the person is toxic, whether it be the person that you are experiencing the relationship with, or maybe even tendencies yourself. So wanted to at least lay the foundation with that. Uh, if you Google toxic relationship or ask what makes a relationship toxic, it'll tell you that a toxic relationship is one that makes you feel unsupported, misunderstood, demeaned, or attacked. A relationship is toxic when your well-being is threatened in some way, whether it be emotionally, psychologically, and even physically, which of course I'm sure we can all agree that any physical abuse is a toxic relationship, right? That's a clear sign. But what is not a clear sign is a lot of the emotional and psychological abuse. I know so many women who have experienced this, not just in romantic relationships, but also in platonic and professional ones. And it's more common than you think. So first I'm gonna share with you some personal experiences that I have encountered in my lifetime, some as early as my high school days, which of course at that stage and level of life, you don't have a lot of maturity and experience to even understand how to navigate a toxic relationship, but I will share how that experience formed how I show up today. I'll share with you the first time that I experienced a toxic relationship in the corporate world, and then one that I experienced with a dear friend of mine that I had to really come to terms with 
ending a relationship that was near and dear to my heart. So uh, I appreciate you guys being here. I hope that by me sharing my testimonies today, it will inspire you to reflect on any toxic relationships that you have encountered personally and help you get through it together because it is it takes an emotional toll on you even if you decide to continue the relationship or choose to not mend the relationship it is a very emotional journey and one that i see a struggle in silence about and i think when we normalize the journey we normalize that there are so many highs and lows to this and that it can trigger you at any time it helps to grow through it together so the very first time that i can distinctly remember experiencing a toxic relationship was all the way back in 2004 i was a junior in high school and i was on the women's varsity basketball team and i had the most challenging high school basketball coach he was so knowledgeable with the sport i'll give him that but his coaching and mentorship needed some work Anytime that we fumbled on a play, he would roll his eyes, he would exhale with disappointment, he would yell at us, he would ask us, why are you so stupid? You know this stuff, you can perform so much better. And even though his intention may have been good, his delivery made us feel so small every single practice and every single game. I remember girls would just break down and cry. Some of them would just get so frustrated and quit. Some would retaliate and I remember wanting to excel so badly at the sport this was my sport it was my passion it was what I was pursuing and it was what I was good at but it was really hard to stay positive in this type of environment it was like walking on eggshells every single game not knowing if your coach was going to praise you or belittle you and I remember at one point I came home from a game where I was just done. I was done with feeling that way every single time. Even when we win, he would always find ways to pinpoint our our faults, which in some aspects you can say, well, he's just trying to help you improve. But it's really hard to feel good about your performance when someone's constantly picking at your faults. And I remember coming home and just telling my parents, I I just don't know if I can continue this. I hate feeling this way. This is a game that I love. This is something I'm so passionate about, but it's making me feel like crap every single game. And I remember my dad telling me, and maybe this was advice that all the parents maybe got together and talked about because I know other teammates of mine got the same advice. But I remember my dad sitting me down and telling me, look, your coach is very knowledgeable. You know he only wants you to do better but you can't control how he acts. So I want you, at the next time he coaches you, I want you to listen to the message, but not the tone. Listen to his message, but not the tone. Because the message is there, and it's important, and it's it's valuable. But the way that he delivers it, that's on him. That's not on you. The only thing that you can control is how you receive it. And I'll never forget that advice because it's so true. We can't control how other people behave. We can't control how other people treat us. We can only control how we respond to it. And there's going to be a lot of people in our life that are going to treat us like shit. There's going to be a lot of people who project their insecurities and life experiences and downfalls onto others. But the only thing that we can control is how we receive the message and what we do with it. And since that day... And trust me, it was not easy. It definitely was uh, challenging. 
to take that advice and to actually implement it because of course when someone's yelling at you and someone's belittling you it is very difficult to practice that mantra but i got to tell you since that day it has truly helped me filter out the bs of emotions that people project on me and take the actual advice and propel it into my own growth and that is something that i have done since that day into every aspect of my life. And if I were to give you any advice today, it would be to listen to the message, but not the tone. Ignore the tone and utilize the learnings and the message into your own personal and professional growth. And that's what I did from that day forward. And it really did help me navigate more difficult relationships that didn't even go to that level of degree but it really helped me keep my emotions in check and be able to focus on my personal and professional growth. And really the next time that I really had to hone in on that advice was when I joined the corporate world. And it was a very challenging time for me personally, because I was new to the business. I was new to this industry. I had very little experience and little exposure. And if you know me personally, you know that I don't like sucking at things. I don't like being a beginner. I like being able to excel and succeed at what I'm doing, especially when it comes to my work. So I dove headfirst into my corporate job, working so many hours beyond what was expected of me because I wanted to learn and excel so quickly. And this could be a different topic in the future, but talk about burnout. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was not taking care of myself and prioritizing my own self-care. I was negating my nutrition and fitness routine. I was traveling a lot, eating out, consuming you know, alcohol and all the processed foods. I was doing all the things that I tell my clients not to do. So it really did contribute directly to how I was feeling physically, emotionally, and mentally. And on top of that, I had the most challenging leadership team. They were not the most motivating, if I'm being PC. They were very competitive, but they also didn't know how to lead a team with a positive team culture, with transparency, and it really did lead to a very negative, toxic work environment. And I remember for a long time, I was very frustrated. I didn't feel recognized for the work that I was doing. As a business, we weren't growing. We were you know, in the negative, which of course, when you're not winning as a team and then you're not feeling recognized for your own individual efforts, it gets really, uh, you get down on yourself really easily. And I just wasn't in a headspace where I was seeking solutions. I was always seeing obstacles. I didn't have a growth mindset at the time. This was uh, prior to my experience with personal development and I wasn't surrounded by a lot of great examples for mentors and, and leadership. So I was in a headspace where I was really down on myself. I was playing the victim. I was always complaining. I would spend hours upon hours with my coworkers who felt very similar, just complaining about all of our challenges and problems and not channeling that energy and time into seeking solutions to improve it. And so I was, I was demonstrating very toxic traits, which is a fact. 
I may not have seen it at the time. I definitely can see it now looking back, but that was the fact. And my leadership team eventually approached me and voiced their concern about my team attitude and and behavior. And I was literally called quote unquote toxic by a superior, which in the corporate world is a big no-no, right? Big red flags with like an HR issue. However, I also had to really look at, well, what are they seeing that makes them feel that way? And I think that a lot of people who are in this headspace are quick to lash out and point fingers and quit. And I could have done all those things, but it wouldn't have served me. And that's typically what I I ask my clients when they're experiencing a challenging situation and they, they share how they're handling it. I say, well, how is that going for you? How is that serving you? So when I got that phone call and I was basically blamed for the team culture and how things were going and told I was toxic, I had to really look myself in the mirror and say, okay, I know that how this leadership superior person is, I, I see how this is wrong. I know how they conveyed this communication is wrong. I know that I could react in a plethora of ways, but instead of pointing the finger at them, I'm going to point the finger back at myself and say, what can I own here? How have I been showing up and contributing to our success? Is what they're saying, does it have some truth? And I really had to swallow my ego and say, you know what? There is some truth to this. They might have caused how I'm feeling. They might have caused the culture around me that made me feel this way, but I'm only responsible for my actions and my actions thus far have not been a, have not been one that has contributed to the improvement of the team. And so like my dad says, listen to the message, not the tone, right? The delivery could be so poor and so wrong, but the message there had some truth to it. And so that really what sparked me to seek my own personal growth, seek resources out there that could contribute to my overall well-being. That's when I really started to set some boundaries with myself and say, you know what? I'm not working 12-hour days anymore. I'm going to work eight hours that, that I'm expected of and give that back some of my time that I deserve to work out, eat well, pack my lunches. You know, I surrounded myself at the time with other leaders outside of my corporate job that were really focused on growing and networking and personal development, people who encouraged me to read self-help books, which sounded so cheesy at the time, but my goodness, it helps so dramatically. And within three months, at least, I would say, I started feeling so much better. Even though my management team, even though the leadership team had not changed, and the culture of our overall team had not changed, I changed my actions. I changed my behaviors. I no longer spent time complaining with my coworkers. Uh, They probably took that pretty hard when I tried to 
change the topic so many times when they wanted to complain about something, but I intentionally tried to shift my focus from complaining and gossiping to focusing on the things that I could control and taking back my time to pour it back into myself. And that way I could show up with more intention and more energy and a better attitude. And I got to tell you that right there was really what changed the trajectory of my overall corporate being and my career. And eventually leadership changed. Of course, bad leaders never seem to last. They might longer than you want to, but in time, they typically weed themselves out. And I soon got a new leadership team that was phenomenal. They completely changed our team culture, not overnight, but definitely changed it for the better. And my biggest takeaway was it doesn't matter what people, well, let me, let me rephrase this. It doesn't matter who your leader is. We can't control how they act. We can't control their behaviors. We can't control how they treat us. What we can do is control the way we respond. What we can do is control how we communicate and how we view ourselves, view others, view the situation. And we can only control our actions thereafter. And I'm really grateful for the advice my dad gave me when I was uh, 14 years old because it really did help me get grounded in that moment when I was at a crossroads where I could easily have lashed out at my superior caused more drama, caused more toxicity, fed into that. But instead I chose the path for my own personal well-being. I protected my peace. I took back so much control that directly contributed to how I felt and it made all the difference. And since that day, I have really focused on the growth mindset and really feeding my own personal and professional growth, surrounding myself around like-minded individuals. And I got to tell you, when you surround yourself with people who just understand you and support your, your goals, regardless of how big they are, the energy is so much different. I remember feeling such a big sigh of relief, not having to explain myself to my female friends when I said, I want to you know, start an online business or I want to launch a podcast, like even this right here. I have so many incredible friends that have supported me, that have encouraged me, that basically said it's about damn time. And I feel like that's not common in the in the in the world with adult female friendships, right? I feel like as we get older, we're just kind of expected to do the mundane, you know, show up, go to work, take care of your family, do the grocery shopping, do the laundry, maybe, um, and then go go to sleep and do it all over again. And, you know, it's kind of not frowned upon, but I feel like people kind of peek their eyebrows when someone wants to do something different, when somebody wants to go outside the norm and take on more passion projects or turn their passion project, projects into beautiful, big businesses. I feel like there are a lot of people out there that don't necessarily get it, don't understand why. And that's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that those people are less than by any means, but I'm just saying the energy is way different. The conversations are way different when you surround yourself with others who seek growth and 
really improve, try to improve themselves every single day. And I'm really grateful for all the female friendships that I have in my life right now. And I didn't grow up with a lot of female friends. I had a few girlfriends here and there, but a lot of them would just come and go as you know, schools changed, we got older, groups of friends changed, hobbies changed. And I think that's all normal. But I also felt as I got older that females were more inclined to compete with one another. I felt for a long time that female friendships equaled cattiness, you know, the mean girl vibe. And I just never got down with that. It wasn't my style. And as I got older, I really tried to avoid drama as much as I possibly could. I am not into drama. I'm not even into drama movies half the time. So I try to really steer clear of, of drama, especially unnecessary drama, fabricated drama so much. So I'm really grateful for the friends that I do have in my circle because they they really do encourage me every step of the way. They also put me in check when I need to. And I really do respect that. And it, it really is so rare to have. And when you have someone that you grow a really close relationship with and one that you vibe with right off the bat, when that all of a sudden changes and potentially blindsides you in the process, it's really, really hard. And that's the third story I have for you today. So many, many years ago, I actually had a close friend of mine, one that I had mutual friends with, grow to be upset with me. And I didn't know that this person was upset with me for a very long time, months. And when I had finally heard or was informed that this person was upset with me, not by this person directly, but through the grapevine, I immediately approached them because I didn't know if I had done something, I for sure would never intentionally try to hurt somebody or harm somebody. If I have a problem with somebody, I immediately like approach them and let them know at the very least, like, hey, I'm upset with you or uh, I'm not really happy with you right now. I may not be ready to talk about it, but I typically like to address it. And so I'd approach this person and said, hey, it's come to my attention that you're upset with me or in some way, you know, did I do anything? Could I potentially stop doing whatever it is that upset you? Or can we at least communicate about it? Maybe it's a misunderstanding. And this person's reply was one that really really angered me to say the least there's very few ways to upset me but this is it this person had said if you don't know why i'm upset with you then i can't help you and for me personally that is no way for any relationship whether it's platonic intimate professional whatever it is it's just not how i want to partake I'm okay if you're not ready to speak about it. I totally respect and honor if you need space, but don't expect the other person to be a mind reader. And that's my perspective on that. So I tried to reply with compassion. I said, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. I don't know what I did, if I did anything, but I hope that when you're ready to talk about it, we can talk, talk it through. And unfortunately, that's not what happened. Unfortunately, as I tried to respect the space that I thought they needed, 
I was approached by many mutual friends with conversations that were being had for months without my knowledge. Uh, comments about me, potentially slander in my opinion, and just overall so many things that were fabricated that were misconstrued that could have easily, in my opinion, maybe not so easily, but that's what I would have liked, could have been resolved with open communication. But at this point, I was really hurt to know that there was so many conversations being had without my knowledge, so many things that were being said about me that were not true, that things that did not happen. And by the time that I processed this all, in full transparency, I was done. I was hurt. I was angry. I was frustrated. I think I was more disappointed than anything because it's not how I view the friendship at all. And it's not something that I expected to happen or to be treated by. And it's, it's hurtful, right? I, I'm not sure if you've ever been in a, in a relationship, whether it's platonic or intimate, where the other person for whatever reason is angry with you, upset with you and talks badly about you with whether it's their friends or family members. And in your opinion, or you're in your perspective, you feel like you haven't done anything wrong, or you feel like you haven't done what they are blaming you for. And it's really hurtful. And so I finally approached this person and I said, you know, this is what I've heard. I'd like to talk about it. If it's true, I, I really don't see this friendship, this relationship going forward. For me, I, I'm all about forgiving, but not necessarily forgetting. I don't need to hate this person. I don't believe in holding on to that type of energy, but I also think it's important to honor boundaries and your own self-respect when someone has disrespected you or have lost your trust, right? I wasn't going to talk about this, but I, I once dated a, a guy. He was the most toxic guy I've ever encountered. Like you ever see those, those types of movies where the guy's like pathological liar, you know, very insecure, cheats on all his girlfriends. Like this was that dude. He checked all the boxes and dating him and going through that process really helped me understand when someone has insecurities, whether it be like, I think that person's cheating. I think you're talking to this person, like they almost project their insecurities onto you when you know you, you haven't done anything wrong or you haven't done what they're saying you've done. I've been able to identify that since going through that process. And so I think from my perspective, that's kind of what happened. I think, again, communication could have resolved this and prevented a lot of side conversations that were happening without me. I think that, or I would like to at least imagine had the open communication been there, I could have eased this person's self-doubt and worry and in some aspects insecurities. But at the end of the day, that's not what happened. And it was really hard. I'm sure it was hard for both parties, but it was really hard for me to say goodbye to that relationship, to grieve what was because I really did 
love that relationship. I, I cherished it and I had to grieve what was. And I also, to my surprise, had to grieve what could have been. And I know so many of us who've been in intimate relationships can probably relate to that, right? You, you go through a breakup and all of a sudden you're like, we were going to get married and have 2.2 kids and have a dog and all this stuff. Like you imagine this life and then it just comes to a halt. And it might be the best decision. It might be the right decision, but it's still hurtful. It's still hard to go through. It's still triggering in so many ways when things pop up. And if that resonates with you as you're listening to this, I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not crazy for how you feel. There's always two sides to every story. And I'm not saying that this person that I ended this friendship with was completely wrong. I think that they see their perspective from their side and to in their mind, in their story, I'm the villain. And in my perspective, I don't think I did anything wrong. But I have to live with the fact that to them, to the story that they're telling, in their perspective, I'm the villain in their story. And that's hard to also process. But I can't control that. I could worry endless nights trying to not be the villain in someone else's story. But at the end of the day, like I said, we can't control how other people act, what they say, how they treat us, what they talk about to others about us. All we can do is focus on and control what we do, how we show up, how we treat others, how we continue focusing on our path and hope that the people in our lives, the people that we still have relationships with, the people that we allow in our inner circle and in our peace, we hope that they see the truth. We hope that they see our true selves and our intentions and our heart. And that's all I can choose to focus on. And as I am now raising a little human, my focus is so much on her and I'm so much more aware of how my actions communicate to her how to show up. I have to be the example. I'm so much more aware of how I react to certain things is teaching her how to show up and react to certain things. And as she gets older, she's going to be just be more aware. So I almost have this moral responsibility to process my feelings, acknowledge them because I think it's important, but choose to focus on what really matters. And what really matters to me is having people that I trust in my life, having people that respect me, having people who, if they did have an issue with anything that I do or say, or perhaps something that I did that maybe just triggered them or made them feel uncomfortable, I would hope that they would approach me. I would hope that they would know me best to know, you know, this isn't like you. Perhaps, you know, maybe you didn't intend it this way, but it kind of made me feel X, Y, and Z. I just want to talk about it with you. And those types of conversations can make or break your relationship. I think coming to terms with 
different perspectives and opening up the doors of communication and opening up the possibility of more compassion and understanding for one another, I think that's the key to improving and maintaining strong relationships. So before I continue down this rabbit hole, I want to inspire you today to reflect on any past, present experiences, relationships, maybe something that I said today sparked something in your mind that go, you know what? I totally felt that way when I went through X, Y, and Z. Or, wow, I didn't realize I felt that way, but now that you said that, now it's bringing up some things that maybe I didn't fully process when I went through this. And I hope that as you process these emotions, as they might come up in the most randomest of times, I hope you never lose sight on yourself and what matters most to you. Because protecting your peace is so important. Validating your feelings and establishing boundaries and respecting yourself enough to expect self-respect back from the people in your life is so important. So as we wrap this up, I want to personally thank you for taking the time today to listen to my testimonies. It's not easy sharing this, I gotta tell you. I've thought about it many, many nights, many, many days, probably reworded it 100,000 times, but I really do appreciate you tuning in and I hope that it really helped you process anything that you might need or I hope that it inspired you to know that you're not alone if you felt this way at any point in time or going forward, if you do encounter this in the future, just know that you're not alone. You have the tools within to get you through it. You're stronger than you know. And you know, I got your back if you ever need anything. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. I hope that you focus on the most important relationship in your life, the longest relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. So make sure that you take care of yourself too. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope today's episode reminded you that you are not alone and inspired you to take messy action in whatever it is that you are going through right now. If it did, it would mean so much to me if you would share it on social and tag me so we can personally connect and learn from each other. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, girlfriend, I hope you have an amazing day.